When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Star Wars 7x7, episode 2307. Well, Mando Mondays happened. The first of the ongoing Mando Mondays, right? There was that one-shot one that happened last month, but this is the first of a number of them that are going to be happening before and after the release of new episodes of Season 2 of The Mandalorian. And it's not so much the toys. Other podcasts will talk about all the toys that they released, but there are storytelling elements that were revealed as part of this, and we're going to talk about some of those today. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So as I said at the top, it's not so much that there are new toys revealed as a result of these Mando Mondays events. The thing that is really particularly interesting, at least from the perspective of Star Wars 7x7, which is really about the storytelling and the world building that happens in Star Wars. There are certain elements of characters and backstory that are revealed with these toy releases. And we talked about some of them when they had the first Mando Mondays event back in September. Well, there have been a few new releases where there's additional information shared about characters that's worth sharing here. Nothing that's spoilery or anything like that, so don't worry about that. You're not going to hear anything that you don't want to hear or that will ruin the experience of Season 2 of The Mandalorian for you. In fact, funnily enough, as part of the Mando Mondays video event that they did. There's a moment where Anthony Carboni and Andy Gutierrez from the Star Wars show are each holding up different products that they have to show each other. And Andy Gutierrez has a copy of the poster book for season two of The Mandalorian and says that she's contractually obligated not to open it because there are spoilers inside of the book. And she does not open it, so there are no spoilers. And there are no spoilers from the stuff that we're going to talk about as well. First of all, as part of the character description for The Mandalorian, in the previous Mando Mondays event, he was described in the packaging information as a battle-worn and tight-lipped formidable bounty hunter in an increasingly dangerous galaxy. So with the new Mandalorian releases on this Mando Monday that just happened yesterday, there's some additional information that's been shared about the Mandalorian. Now they are saying the Mandalorian is a formidable bounty hunter protecting the child, a mysterious alien pursued by bounty hunters on behalf of Imperial interests. And that raises an important point for conversation, which is what is the state of the Bounty Hunters Guild, the Bondsman's Guild, at the end of season one of The Mandalorian. We know that it's mostly been shot up. We know that there are still some bounty hunters active, but Grief Karga actually killed a couple of them in episode seven. We'll be talking about that very soon. And we know that he went up against the Empire. So yeah, this is a really kind of an intriguing question. We know that he is not necessarily 
in immediate danger, especially the way we see him walking around in season two footage with Cara Dune meeting up with the Mandalorian on Navarro. Like, he's not trying to hide, he's right out in the open. And for the first time, there is now a Grief Karga action figure. Actually, there are a couple of them, depending on the particular collection, whether it's the vintage or the retro or the Black Series or whatever. But consistent across all of them are descriptions like this, the new description for Grief Karga, which is, an expediter for the Bounty Hunters Guild, Grief Karga runs the trade on Navarro. He's a middleman, a connector between clients and bounty hunters. So it seems as though whatever has gone on is either still going on, that he's still being allowed to operate this way, or it's been written with an eye toward what happened in season one and they're just trying not to spoil the events of season two and what his status is. But again, he seems to be walking around like everything's just fine. So obviously more to come about that. There are a couple of other new character descriptions that have been shared. I believe we actually shared the Cara Dune one. We talked about this one previously because I think that's already out. But just in case, here's how she's described in packaging for her action figures. It says, an intimidating brawler and crack shot Dune has put her days of military discipline behind and has now reinvented herself as a mercenary. Again, I think we talked about that one, but just in case, there it is. There's also a description for the heavy infantry Mandalorian as he's described. He is named in the credits as Paz Vizsla and voiced by Jon Favreau. He is the guy with the giant gun in The Mandalorian and the one who gets into a fight with our titular Mandalorian in episode three. So it says about him. A born survivor, he guards a precious armory and helps to keep the flames of Mandalorian heritage flickering in this time of galactic chaos. And finally, on the action figure front, there are also versions of Moff Gideon coming to the whole action figure line as well. And here's what they say about Moff Gideon. Imperial Moff Gideon is fiercely determined to capture a specific quarry. Clever and formidable, Gideon values power and knowledge. And I suppose we have a sense of what the specific quarry is. It seems kind of funny that they might <laughs> not just come right out and say that he's after the child, but I think that's what we all presume. And there's one last thing about the Mandalorian and his various figures, and also about the Razor Crest as well that I want to share with you. But before we get to that, I want to take a second to say thank you again to everyone who has given a rating or review of Star Wars 7x7 on iTunes. I really appreciate it. It helps more people find it and get that daily dose of Star Wars joy in their lives. But if you haven't happened to do that just yet, if you haven't had the time, if you haven't had the opportunity, if you haven't known quite what to say if you're writing a review, well, I hope today is the day that you will check out Star Wars 7x7 on iTunes if you're one of the listeners of it on iTunes and give it a quick rating and give it a sentence or two review. Just what you enjoy about it, how it fits into your day. Anything like that would be simple and wonderful and I would really appreciate it. So one thing about the Mandalorian in various action figures is that in some cases his helmet comes off and so you can actually see the face of the Mandalorian which you know after all the drama and build up to not seeing his face for the entire season except for that you know one particular moment it's really odd. <laughs> It's really odd to see him without his helmet. And yes, I know we've seen, say, Sabine Wren, for example, without her helmet. So it's not unusual to see a Mandalorian without a helmet on. There are a lot of Mandalorians we've seen without their helmets on. But because that was such a big deal, like it is kind of weird to see the action figure with 
a human head as opposed to a Mandalorian helmet head. So that was odd. And the other thing has to do with the Razor Crest. So there is this big um, crowdsourcing you know, crowdfunding, I should say, promotion happening around a gigantic three and three quarter inch scale version of the Razor Crest. And there are a couple of things that once they got enough backers for this crowdfunding project, there were additional unlocks. So basically, if they got so many, then they would throw in one thing. If they get so many, they throw in another. Well, the first unlock on this crowdfunding thing was an escape pod. So apparently, the Razor Crest does have an escape pod. It is on the underbelly of the ship. And so there you go. That is something that we didn't know about the Razor Crest, but is something that exists on it. And I suppose that makes sense. It shouldn't be that much of a surprise, but it's not something that we've at all considered. The other unlocks were getting a Baby Yoda in uh, Hover Pram and also the third unlock, which apparently hasn't been reached yet as of the time of this recording, is getting four carbonite blocks like we see in the hold of his ship in the very first episode of the show. But the fact that the Mandalorians ship the Razor Crest has an escape pod, well, you know, wasn't something that I had considered, but makes a lot of sense and it's kind of neat to know that it's there. So there you go. That is going to do it for what new things we learned about characters and the Razor Crest from the Mandalorian thanks to these these <laughs> this first edition of Mando Mondays leading into the first episode of season 2 of The Mandalorian. And that's going to do it for this episode of the show as well. Thank you so much for joining me for it as always and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. Some by some is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited or their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2020 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.